Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. They're talking like over each other. You're, you're talking a little talking too fancy. To yeah. It's a little too Gilmore Girls. Exactly. It wasn't <laughs> super. <laughs> Nerd On. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve, and where all levels of nerd are welcome. And we are super excited about uh, today's episode. We have a guest, but not just a guest. Not just any guest. Not just any guest. guest. Special guest. uh, Voiceover artist, Reno Romano, known for many a thing. Reno Romano. V. 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 (laughs) Cheering for myself. Woo! (laughs) <laughs> yeah. He's uh, known for such things as the Batman. The, the Batman. The Not Batman. to be known for such things as talking. <laughs> <laughs> Making money with talking his voice. Some more. Uh, the narrator of Curious George, which I, I kind of would like my, my life to be narrated. Yeah. Could yeah. you do that? Could I hire you for that? I, I will follow you everywhere you go and narrate your life. Uh, <laughs> uh, also the Spider-Man. And then Josh did his podcast. <laughs> it was not a good idea. <laughs> Josh loved doing his podcast. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Josh is giddy right now. I am so giddy. I'm <laughs> turning red. Um, but another one I know that uh, Corey got all uh, giddy in his pants for. Oh, um, there's some Star Wars credits on there. Star yeah. Wars, Knights, Knights of the, the Old Republic. Republic. Yeah. And uh, he also uh, played Kyle Star Katar, Wars. which is Darth one of my favorite characters as yeah. well. Darth Revan. So I freaked out a little bit Darth before we Revan? started. Darth mm-hmm. He peed his pants. It was awkward. <laughs> so. Fun time. We thought we'd ask, uh, ask you a few questions about uh, you, Reno. Do a little. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. This is fun. Uh, you guys make me feel like a celebrity, even though, uh, you know, we hide behind microphones and no one knows who we are, but we have a lot of fun. It's, so thank you for having me. You guys mm-hmm. are the true heroes. Yeah. Seriously. But your voice means a lot to some mm-hmm. people. A lot of people. like mine. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys want to, you. you guys want to start it off? You have some questions? Uh, well, I'd just like to get started. What, what uh, we had talked a little bit before, wanting to know what kind of inspired you to get into acting and therefore your crossover into, uh, into voiceover work. You know, I started acting when I was a little kid. My parents got me into it. They were uh, Italian immigrants, which I say that just because it was kind of weird. Like, well, what would make them think that? They saw an ad in the newspaper when I was a kid and put me into like one of those courses and I started doing TV commercials and things like that. And That's wow. fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And when you're a little kid, it's even more so because, you you know, you, you're kind of just playing house. You're doing these <laughs> Yeah, it's playtime. <laughs> Yay! It was, yeah, it was super fun, man. And then, I don't know, when I got older, I was like, what do you, everyone was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do? What do you, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm not going to do. I don't want to do X, Y, Z, B, T, or D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, well, I really like that acting stuff. That was fun when I was a kid. And so I, I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to try it. And then my father said to me, okay, but you do for hobby. I said, no, no, not a hobby. I want to do this for real. He goes, okay. But first you go to school and then you do for a hobby. I go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so God bless him, man. He got behind me, funny enough, and he let me. And thank God, because, you know. Seriously. Here I great. am, still getting to play around. Yeah. <laughs> what would, because um, what I noticed uh, looking through your your credits, it, it you see a lot of on camera, on camera, on camera. And then you see this like voiceover. Was it like, do you, was it like a conscious decision or did it just kind of happen? Like, okay, you I'm going to do voiceover. It's kind of a long-winded story, but I always, you know, I loved acting, but I always wanted to, I just loved cartoons. I mean, I really, really Ooh. loved cartoons. I love watching them. I love consuming them. 
uh, especially love the old Warner Brothers stuff. And oh, yeah. back in like, yeah. right out of theater school, I was like, well, shit, I really want to do cartoons. And to make a really long story short, they were like, you can't do cartoons. You're, you're, you know, you're not a voice guy. I'm like, what the hell's a voice guy? Like, get out of here. Like, what, <laughs> do, what do voice guys look like? Get out of no, I'm serious. I didn't boy. even know what they were talking about. It was at a time before, like everybody used to say voiceover now. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, voiceovers. Back then it was like, what the hell's a voiceover? And even when I would tell people when I was doing it, they're, what do you do? I'm a voiceover guy. What do you mean? Well, I'm an announcer. You're on the radio? Well, sort of. No, I do cartoons. You draw cartoons? Like, no, like nobody knew what the hell. Oh, it was. wow. I didn't yeah, know that's it strange. Was. No, I'm serious. And then yeah. it kind of almost became like... It's uncharted territory for a little bit. Yeah. To me it was. But anyway, I'm just so happy because I wanted to do cartoons. And then when I finally started to try to do the voiceovers so I could do cartoons, I was like, wait, they pay for this shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like, I, I was I, just going to do buddies. it. <laughs> no, my buddies and my buddies would go to audition. They're like, what are you guys doing? We're going to a voice audition. I said, what the hell is that? And they said, well, it's just like a commercial audition, only they don't see your face. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, nowadays you can just like do it in your PJs. Yeah. Or naked yeah, if you that, want to. That, well, I'm not wearing any clothes right now. No, that, <laughs> yeah. no, it's true that everyone thinks that and you can work from home, but the, the myth of voiceover is you get up, you work for three, you know, three minutes and then you go play golf all day. And that's, that oh, is not, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it's like. not further from the truth. Actually, there's I'm not a lot trying of, to make it sound like rocket science, but it's not quite that simple. Well, no, a lot of people know? do forget that voiceover is, is acting and it's, it's yeah. all, you know, it's, it's almost, uh, you know, a different side of acting because you don't get to use facial expressions or your body at to all. You out. have to express everything you're doing through your voice. Well, especially sometimes yeah. when when you guys and maybe we can test this more, Reno. Um, if you know if you're kind of isolated from the people you're playing against, you're kind of just reading lines, and you have to kind of suppose what that interaction might be like, right? Yeah, and that's part of the challenge. But the truth is, with animation, one of the best things to do as a VO guy is animation as far as I'm concerned. And one of the reasons is besides it being fun and you get to be part of cool shit, <laughs> usually with animation, eight times out of 10, if not, you know, more or less eight times out of 10, you're with everyone in the cast or at least other people. Okay. So you are inter interacting and interfacing and seeing people do their thing and getting back to what you said. Yeah. I always thought, and I, and I, it proved itself to be true that the best voiceover guys often are actors or come from acting or, or are good mm -hmm. actors. Yeah. Um, and some of the really, really great cartoon guys, and they are really great, like fantastic guys, like Rob Paulson, Billy West. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I, I, I mean, Mola Marsh, just so many guys. They're really, truly incredible. Like, you watch these guys, and it's like, it's humbling. You're like, holy crap, <laughs> are these guys good? Are the ideas still... they come up with out of left field, they're just, and you watch them, and they're like, there's a certain, I don't know, I don't want to go on and on, but it's, Humbling is a good word for it, but it's also like a real treat. I can't explain it to you other than the best way I can put it in a nutshell. You've seen like a good stand-up guy do good imitations, or you've seen, you know, an uncle who's pretty funny, like crack up a whole room on a holiday. Uh -huh. These guys, man, in a room, when the mic is off or when they're not recording between takes, you literally, it's like lightning in a bottle. You're like, oh my God, I wish to God I could like record this. <laughs> and, and it's not just you. They're, we're all looking at each other going, is it just me or was that? Holy shit, that room was fast. Like these guys are <laughs> coming up with zingers and topping one another. It's just wow. like doing invitations that are so bang. No, it's it's truly something that I honestly wish I could kind of bottle it and show people to go like, you should have seen this shit. But you can't because it happens when you're there and it's gone. It goes yeah. off in the ether. Yeah, it's um I always used to like watching videos of like Mel Blank. Mm -hmm. Uh like do Blank like, or Blanc? Yeah, what is it? Is it blank? I uh, think it's pronounced blank, even though technically it's blank because it's French. I don't yeah. know. It, <laughs> but watching him just talk and like go in and out of voices and just, it's just amazing. Like Looney Tunes was my jam. 
growing yeah. up. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, man. Well, there's cool. that one interview I was talking about. I think it was Hank Azaria talking about how he was amazed by Mel Blanc because he did a Daffy Duck doing a Bugs Bunny impression oh, and Bugs yeah. Bunny doing a Daffy Duck impression. Wow. Um, yep. And the little subtleties behind that. I mean, there's there's great people out there. I mean, I I mean, I'd like to include you in in, in the, that as well. I mean, I'm a huge that's because the, the you're Batman kind and charming. Fan and, oh well, thank you, sir. <laughs> we say that about him a lot. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, do you have like a? Oh, Tom's raising his hand. Yes, I don't know if I can ask a question unless you want to. No, ask a I was I was just gonna make up a question on the I spot. Was gonna, but... I was gonna oogle out about Batman a little bit. Go do for it. it. Ask a question, I guess, just particularly like. Uh, What's your what was your favorite part of like portraying this type of Batman with you know the Rogues Gallery being able to like be a little bit more physical and things like that? It, it was it's, to me it was it was a new Batman and you even said like you know you look at old Warner Brothers cartoons and I specifically think about like the Batman animated series with Kevin Conroy and going into seeing what you you know were working on it was it was such a updated version of it and it had like new tech and uh, like a darker theme it, mm-hmm. it was really kind of like a good cool update for like for me growing up. Here's the thing. First of all, I appreciate that and the 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 implicit positivity you speak of. I honestly just had such a good time. If I had to say like what the best part of it, I just had such a good time being able to play Batman, literally play Batman. And I didn't think too much about what other people had done before or after. And it was a hard audition process in the sense that I had like, I don't know how many callbacks, meaning you're always about to lose it, meaning, oh, I got another callback. That's a good sign. But I really wanted the job, but I didn't make myself too nuts over it. I just did what I thought he wanted to sound like, you know, and thankfully they chose me and I just was thrilled to play it. And I just did what I did. And that was the best part. Just being able to play it and call my brother, and go, dude, I'm fucking Batman. I was going <laughs> to say, that's the coolest part. <laughs> so cool. Dude, that was the best part. Calling my brother, my brother, and you know, my only brother and going, I get, to, I get to play Batman. Because <laughs> we grew up on comic books and we were DC guys and it was just great. That's awesome. And then the hardest part was that I love the character. He's an interesting character, obviously. Everybody's yeah. a love character. But they really kind of pigeonhole him to be like, he's very serious, very dark, even though he's young and he's cool and it's different. And I remember, and the reason I say that is I remember one episode, there was a Catwoman episode and it was uh, yeah. Gina Gershon. And uh, and we were, I wouldn't say flirting, but like, there was a scene and it was a little bit of like, you know, like layered with a little bit of something. And Ginny explained that the, the director, I remember her going like, well, wait, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? So you... He like flirting with her. I was like, yeah, sort of, I guess. Yeah. She goes, don't. I go, what do you mean, don't? She goes, uh, he's serious. Like, sorry, I can't even have a sense of humor. So that was the <laughs> difficulty. Like, there's no sort of, you know, as Batman, it was one thing, you know, Bruce said whatever. So that was a little challenging because in my mind, I get it, but I was like, well, it's not entirely true. We can have a little. I mean, look at Adam oh, yeah. West. That was yeah. totally the other end of the spectrum. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does like a lot of the no sell and, you know, later seasons when like Robin and Batgirl come involved. It's like that's where you kind of get that like levity that you're talking about. And then oh, when I'll like you, Superman comes in too. So I'll tell you straight. Well, first of all, thank you for knowing the series that well. Oh, I, I've watched <laughs> it multiple times. Oh, so. you do not know. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, that, that it was so much fun and such an honor. Truly, I forget lip service. It was really an honor to, to play that role. And it was fun. It was fun as hell. And all the guest stars that would come on were, it was incredible. We had Robert Anglin. We had all kinds of people. Uh, Brooke Shields. We had all kinds of people come on. So it was really interesting. But I feel like the series got better as it went along. Really, truly did get better and better and better. And when you know, Batgirl and Robin showed up. It became kind of like the Bat family. And then it was more about people. Yeah. And in all the things I've ever been involved with, animated or otherwise, but particularly animation, when it's about the people, even though the character is an iconic character, when it's about people and people interacting, it's so much more interesting. Like the first season was like villain, fight, fight, yeah. fight. New villain, fight, fight, fight. Backstory, fight, fight, fight. That's fine. It's, it is what it is. It's a superhero 
cartoon. But then it was much more interesting as we got, in my mind, to just, I don't know, more intricate little things. Like yeah. That. Well, I mean, it's all about that that connection. I mean, that's that's what everyone can relate to. Not everyone can relate to fighting a villain on a rooftop. It's cool to watch. I mean, I that, can, but I, I, know I don't Josh know about can, you. But, but, <laughs> but those, those uh, you know, little connections or little idiosyncrasies between people is really what pulls a, a large part of the audience in. Yeah. And like one thing I really loved about it was that it retconned a lot of characters and it gave new designs to them and added new attributes. Like one specifically that I felt was like, super crazy and if I wasn't an open-minded person I would have hated it was how they did Clayface and they made him way more tragic because they had almost like a little Harvey Dent like progression right. where he was like a ally then he became Clayface later on and then kind of like you said like it became more like the Bat Family thing and then later on the Just League got involved and it didn't feel like here's a new thing left and right and we were, were supposed to know the rules it allowed us to kind of in a way hold our hand and like show us that Batman was going to go through this journey so mm -hmm. I, I, I thought that was super dope. I thought they did a good job. And here's the thing too, with every iteration of a thing like this, you're going to get people who absolutely hate it. And it's funny. I, I thankfully don't really go into like whatever you want to call it, chat rooms or like IMDb. But once in a while, like afterwards in the series, they're like, wow, people really hate me. <laughs> but the thing of it is, I was like, well, what? you could think whatever you want. You know, you don't like it, you don't like it. But, but it's a funny thing that I don't blame them in the sense that if you got Kevin Conroy in your head, then, hey man, Captain Conroy is the Batman, and that's the end of it. And I respect that, but I wasn't trying to be him or anybody else. So I'm yeah. glad to hear you. Say I mean, you that, liked it that honestly, I mean, I, I'm with Tom in this. Trying to be someone else, I think, you know, being yourself really worked in your favor in this. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it. Yeah. We, we hear it in your voice now. I just I, I just imagine you with a cowl for no reason, and that's the only thing you're wearing. You're not <laughs> wearing any other clothes, of but course. just the cowl. We said that the already. Cowl. It's just the cowl yeah. over there. Um, <laughs> no, to hear, but by the way, to hear you call it the cowl, when Adam West guest starred on the show as the mayor a number of times, but when he first came out, I was so thrilled. And, and he was really nice. And, and you know, he was nice to me. He said hello, but he, he didn't know I was playing Batman. And then someone said, this is Reno. He's playing Batman. And he stopped, and he looked, and he goes, oh. Congratulations, kid. You get to wear the cape and cowl. I <laughs> 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 literally like, wow, you get I to think wear the cape and that cowl. might be almost cooler than being able to say you play Batman is that Adam <laughs> West said that to you. <laughs> Are you kidding, dude? It was, the, it was the best. It was the absolute best. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I think that's... Did you guys have any more questions? Ollie kind of looks like no, here. no, no. I'm excited. My nerd on's at half mass right now. I like half it. mass. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're we gonna get, get, we get a full one with what we're okay, going to talk cool. about next. Um, so we're doing something a little different. We've got a guest that is a voiceover artist, mm -hmm. and we thought let's just not do what everybody else does. Yeah, let's not just interview him about what he does. Let's have him talk about what we talk about. And Something that gives him a nerd on. Yeah, yeah. so... I think what, what better than getting to know someone that we love and adore, but also to share the moment with something that we all genuinely love together. Yeah. Yes. So Well put, Tom. Well put. We <laughs> What's are going to be? Drum roll, please. Mindhunter. Oh, yeah, baby. Netflix oh, original. Yes. Netflix original. Man, I pretty much... Uh, it hit, and Bonnie and I went, hmm... I wonder what this is. Watch the trailer. Mm. That looks interesting. Let's watch that. I think it was after a kick that we, not to freak you guys out, but we went on this kick for like a month where we were just watching movies about serial killers, true crime drama things. That's fair. And we were just, and is we the started, door outside locked? Can we, yeah. make sure, <laughs> can we make sure we have an escape? We're taking notes, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to watch, uh, watch. We watched. Yeah, let's we gonna, watched it. Oh, we watched it. We could. We're going to sit here for 10 hours. Um, <laughs> who wants to take it away? Uh, Mr. Corpal, because you know I what? Uh, I'm the one that got Corey to watch it because... He knows me well. He's a David him. Fincher fan. I am. A fanatic, I would almost call it. Yes. I'm a David Fincher fanatic. Um, 
So for those of you who don't know, David Fincher uh, directed the first two and last two episodes of the series. Executively produced. Executive produced, right. Um, and I'll tell you what, from start to finish, this show is gripping. Like, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the camera work, obviously very Fincher-esque. Love it. I'm in love with that stuff. Very poignant movements. Very Every movement of the camera is on purpose. Everything you're seeing, you are meant to see for a reason. To paraphrase a video essay that you might be familiar with, um, David Fincher hijacks your senses. Yeah. The reason being is that he follows all movement that happens on the camera. When we're moving through a space, it's only because a character is moving through that space. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that character is always in one third of the frame or not. But no matter what, we're always following them in, in that exact same tempo. We're not moving faster. We're not ro- revolving around them. We're moving with them. Yeah. So we're feeling the same things as the character. When something feels uneasy and a character makes a slight movement to their head, we move with them. So it, it, We're it, focusing what they're focusing on. Yeah. yeah. So it really gets you into the mind of whatever character it is. And I'll, I'll just go with my initial reaction real quick and we'll dive deeper into that. Yeah. Um, but I started like thinking I was a detective like three days after I started watching this show. Like I'm analyzing every little thing anyone says to me, how they move. Uh, I found the whole thing. He wanted to be on the murder Orient Express. I did. Yes. I found the whole thing fascinating. So yeah. um, I, I'll, I'll get into more of the details in a little bit. Yeah. I just, I love the sort of the like word soup. Mm, word soup. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Just, just, Everything was so well said. I get a lot said. of O's in mine. I realize her <laughs> <Just periods. laughs> yeah, Exactly. It's not uh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> like Jeez. every word that was spoken like had a purpose. And that's kind of like it leans into kind of what really the show was trying to tap into. Which is like, you know, trying to label things. Trying to find better understandings of these things that are completely foreign to. In 1977. The, in, in that time. Yeah. Um, so it was really it was really fun to watch them try to like dance around terms. And try to label things and try to fit it into the sort of, I guess, constructs, social constructs yeah. that had been developed up until that point to the to the point where it was like foreign, a foreign notion to like anyone that they were. Well, I mean, know, it was trying to talk were, to you about it. Yeah, they were revolutionizing what this is based on. They were revolutionizing the criminology, the criminology Criminal world. Like, right. what is this? Like, they coined the term of serial killer. Yeah. Sequence They're killer. like, what is what is this that you're talking about? What did you think, Reno? I love that. I mean, everything you guys are saying, the fact that it was sort of an exploration of how these guys came up with this, what are you going to call it, a science before there was one. Look, I was fascinated by the whole thing. I thought the acting was incredible. The storytelling was impeccable. The first episode I thought was a little, not slow. It was just, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good. And full disclosure, I want to just share that one of the leads is a buddy of mine named Holt McCallany. And he happens to be a voiceover guy. And I knew he was doing the show. I've been a, I mean, he's a buddy. I've been a big fan for a long time of both yeah. his voiceover. I'm a big fan of him as a, well. <laughs> yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. He's a great actor and a great guy, by the way. He's a really nice guy. So I've always been a fan, right? And so he told me he'd gotten this thing and it was going to be big for him. And I was excited for him. And we talked, we had dinner with a bunch of other buddies. And then I knew about it. I knew everything about the thing, but I was like, <laughs> okay, Fincher, that's cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking to another buddy of mine. He's like, yeah, I've been watching this show. It's really amazing. I just binge watched it. It's called Mindhunter. I was like, shit, it's out? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it, it had been out for like a week maybe or two weeks. And okay. so I sat there and I did the same thing and I watched and I was like, holy crap, is this good? And I got truly sucked in, man. So besides the fact that Holt is a buddy, I was like, this show is freaking amazing. And I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. a true crime fan. So I, I, you know, in any, you know, forensic files, I've seen every single one of those 17,000 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, His character was a joy. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I just it's got, Corey's got a full nerd on going on. He's oozing. I'm a huge fan of Holtz, so the yeah. fact that you just yeah. said to everybody is it's like we'll, we won't we'll have that part yet. Yeah, but no. <laughs> we, I'm gonna just. <laughs> I, had a, right. I had my moment. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> he was Corey's favorite part of the show. Just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, By the way, Holt, Holt was in Fight Club. Oh, yes. I know. I'm amazing. very aware. <laughs> <laughs> Corey loves that gentleman. First so all, his name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. Nice. No, listen, on the sidebar, Holt is just like the greatest guy. He, and he's, by the way, he's like, he's an old school, he's a, he's a man's man. He's old McKellen. Oh, yeah. Old oh, McKellen. Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't think you can say a, it without that voice. No. <laughs> it's a hell of a name. That's that's, that's my Holt imitation. <laughs> old McKellen. Uh, no, he's a great guy, man. And he's really a great actor. And this is such, it was such a good role for him. For him. And I just, I'll, I'll wrap it up my end of it by saying this. I was really wrapped up in the show. And by the way, these, the guest stars, the serial goes were oh, so freaking oh, good. I was like, oh, star God, was born yeah. with, uh, what's his name? The, the first Ed guy. Kemper. Ed Kemper. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Ed oh. Kemper. What's that actor's name? Uh, I don't know it off the top of my head, but he's actually one of my good friends, <laughs> ex-boyfriends from oh high school. God. Nice. And if they're still buddy-buddy and stuff like that. But Cameron, so Cameron Britton. Yeah. Cameron Britton. He as, was so effortlessly creepy. Yeah. And did so much mm -hmm. with so little and was just so, the writing helps, but he was really effective. But but I'll, I'll just I'll just shut up after this. When it was over, and I was truly like going home, going, I gotta get home and watch another episode. When it ended, I was like kind of, I was depressed. You know, like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It was over. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to call Holt. I, I, I was going to call him. I go, wait, did you, you get picked up? And then, then I talked to another buddy because he was in New York. Yeah, yeah, they got picked up. They're shooting soon. I was like, Perfect. oh, good. Thank God. Awesome. Yeah, that, in uh, November. That Edmund guy, that actually, when I watched the first episode with him in it, my wife and I, she went to bed after that. So, of course, I can't watch anymore without her. So yeah. It's the rules. You don't want to cheat. Netflix cheat. Uh, but I went down this, like, rabbit hole of That's looking up, like, the comparison side by side. Yeah. And they use a lot of, like, direct quotes. And it is spot on. Well, the interviews, the interviews that we saw on screen, they're basically taking transcriptions yeah. of the actual interviews. They, they warp so, it a little bit, but yeah, there are course, some of the parts that are word yeah, for word. Yeah, because they're the parts where they press pause. There's a, fan, yeah. there's a fantastic video where they blend in and out of the real Edmund Kemper with, oh, wow. with his, and it is, it's like chilling. It's yeah. spot on. Yeah. Uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, the guy who played Richard Speck, also the guy who yeah. threw the bird into the fan. Yeah. I could not take my eyes off him during that scene. He was fascinating. Portrayed by Jack Erdy. Yeah. He was, he, that one might have been the one that, I mean, Ed, Ed Kemper was phenomenal and sucked me to the show, but that one stood out to me for like a week yeah. later. Ed, and by the way, when they, when they suck him in, when, when he says whatever he says, and then, you know, the blue stuff, and then it kind of gets him intrigued, and he both mm -hmm. kind of like, is almost like appalled by him, but then drawn in. Yeah. It's so well done. That was, oh, yeah. That, that's what I, where I knew I was hooked on the show. Mm -hmm. I, I, for me, I had a very similar uh, experience with episode one. First sequence, you know, with the uh, hostage situation and the shotgun blowing up his head and all that stuff. Right. Like, I was like, I was in. I was, I was like, okay, let's see it. And then, you know, the fixation on Holden's uh, cufflink where it's got blood on it. And then he meets this girl. I was like, okay, this feels very social networky. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, slowly started becoming more Zodiac. I was like, okay, yeah. I see where this is going. This is going to be a very slow burn. And then later on, it kind of starts the inciting action of him, you know. Being... And then it just goes up in flames. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, all by the flames. way, by the way, that was the most violent thing, technically speaking, in the whole series. The whole, yeah. What is it, 10 episodes or nine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 If oh, the, you know, you're watching yeah. with girls, and sometimes like I don't know if I can watch this. Well, that's like minute three of the. Yeah. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? Like on that topic, just analyzing it, that is the physically most like disturbing and violent part, yeah. next to the the, the bird being thrown into the fan. Yeah. yeah, Because everything else is just more of a mental mm -hmm. like torture of a of a strain. 
I didn't even think about that. And that is. Those are the only two, like, real violent things in the show. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a sense that every time, you you know, they're interviewing a new, you know, murderer, sequence killer, um, you get this claustrophobic feeling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're almost trapped in that cage with them. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I first was like, kind of like, I don't know if this is going to be good. And then it actually didn't take me until, like, maybe, like, episode three. So, like, I was like, all right, now they're going to use what they're, they're learning and apply it to a real-life situation. I was like, all right, I want to yeah. see this. This is going to be mm-hmm. super cool. Yeah. And I think they they skirted the line nicely too of doing the whole like it's the 70s and it's almost too much. But that, you know, by that I mean like that sepia green tone and like yeah. the cars right. are awesome and the big writing, you know. But they use oh, it like a Fincher. spice. I thought it was done really well. And then they keep doing the, the, the cop teaching, which I, I love that they just keep doing that. Like oh, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted to go over just a brief synopsis of the whole thing real quick yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen this show yet. I mean, obviously, spoilers. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, pause the episode, go watch a Netflix. <laughs> yeah, you if you don't have Netflix, go borrow your friend's Netflix, trade your Hulu, and then you know, you yeah, do yeah, the yeah. Thing. yeah. <laughs> but uh, essentially, I mean, the story is about these two FBI agents who, in real life, basically discovered, like we said, serial killers and started learning criminal psychology and yeah. how to, and criminal how to almost, yeah, yeah, almost try to prevent, try to understand it, yeah. so to speak, and because the crimes were happening that weren't just either calculated or through passion. There was no explanation behind them. Um, So Ford, who was a hostage negotiator, is feeling that, you know, the FBI is falling behind on the changing of the times and starts this group. uh, And eventually they get funding and it just kind of snowballs from there. They end up getting a small little office space and the the, the entire team starts expanding to get more people coming from different universities who are... Um, adding to the an team. office in the basement yeah. and starts moving up. Yeah. And then they, 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 they have like this little wish list of which uh, serial murderers they want to interview and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they mentioned Manson. And, and you have a great, great dynamic between uh, Ford and Tench yes. throughout the whole thing. That is, we're going to have to talk we'll about talk like about the, Yeah, But their dynamic between the two is just like, it's amazing. I mean, to we me can talk about watch. that right now. Well, really. Okay. Let's finish the synopsis yeah. part. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they, they go through interviewing different people from all around California. Um, and they also start, from what they're learning uh, of habits and uh, profiling, they start kind of being able to predict um, criminal behavior. Yeah. And they start teaching, you know, nearby places such as other uh, police departments and then going to schools. And it gets them in a little bit of trouble. You know, Holden starts uh, discovering a new relationship. Um, Tench, you end up learning more about his character and his family and, you know, Things like that. And it start, everything that they bring from work starts getting too close to home. And yeah. there's this rising tension between the group. Um, there's no, like, major antagonist of the show. It's right. mainly a good— it's kind char- of themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's a good character-driven piece. It's slow— uh, It's character slow study. Yeah. Um, to me, what's most interesting is exactly that, that they're basically interviewing people that society thought had no value because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. shitty people— but studying them and interviewing them, and that's the whole crux of the show. Is like, how can you be doing that? This is crazy. Why would you talk to this guy, let alone, yeah. you know, sit there for hours talking? Like, this is exactly why we want to talk to them, to learn from them. And then come up. the whole show is basically that, is, you know, them fighting that, that, that uh, swim, swimming against the tide to be yeah. able to do that mm-hmm. and then take, you know, things they're learning and apply them. Yeah, future killers. Right, because it was outside the social norm to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, they like, were just there's many scenes where there's other like police um, facilities that are or police um, stations uh-huh. that they're going around teaching and they're treating them like they're kind of idiots. Where they're like, "What do you mean to understand?" Because they're evil. Yeah, you just or like are, that scene with aren't. Charles Manson where right. he's yeah. like, "Well, we could learn a lot from him," and they're like, "No, you can't learn nothing." Yeah. But yeah, I I I really loved. Uh, I mean, you get Ford's descent too, right? Yeah. He starts becoming obsessed and almost. Yeah. 
goes from this like really clean cut kind of right out of school kind of kids spoiling too much i know yeah and then you know it's 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 fantastic but uh, uh, I, I do want to talk about the tension ford well there throughout the throughout the film you kind of see the makings of somebody becoming a a murderer and it kind of leads off with that and it really opens a door for a lot of good stuff to happen in season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we'll end the, the synopsis, synopsis there. there. And now we'll go. Yeah. yeah. So what did, what did you, you, you go ahead and start I, with, with Tension I, Ford. What I was going to say is like, because I mean, we'll, I mean, the we'll two move actors, the, the favorite uh, parts up a few things. Yeah. Um, the two actors, Holt and uh, Jonathan Groff is the guy who plays uh, Holden Ford, have a great chemistry on screen together. They, yeah. That, that's what I was going to bring up is that I think really all of the acting, when mm-hmm. you watch it, it's flawless. And my and just watching all of everybody interact, the like watching Ed Kemper with Holden and all of the stuff that's going on is just incredible to watch because and especially what I was trying to say is uh, especially Holden and Bill, Mm -hmm. the humor that is between the two, like Bill just cracks me up the way that he reacts to Holden and some of the things that he does. And like it just cracks me like it was just it was actually very Darkly humorous. Oh, it's. I mean, there's a lot of dark comedy within this, yeah. and that's a Fincher thing as well. I mean, yeah, I, Fight Club is a dark comedy to me. Like that's. Yeah, it's got these beautiful moments. But what stood out to me were, there's this one moment I, I kind of referenced to my wife that I was I thought was a Shout perfect your wife. was a perfect uh, <laughs> like uh, painting of how these characters complement each other so well. So you have this scene with uh, what's the big guy who likes the shoes. Uh, a serial oh, killer. That's his name. He's great too. That he guy. was. Fan- they were. I mean, all the killers were really great. Great acting casting. But he's. Uh, he. They're in there interviewing him, and him and Tench kind of get at it. And Holden says the phrase, "I think what my partner's trying to say," and he's able to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. And then two scenes later, it's Holden and uh, Tench talking to a cop, and Holden insults the cops by mistake by calling them stupid, essentially. And Bill goes, "What my partner's trying to say." So you have these two guys who one knows how to interact with the law, one knows how to interact with these serial killers, and they kind of have each other's backs throughout anything. Yeah. And I thought that was a really beautiful uh, comparison that they they wrote into the show. Monty Russell. Thank you. Um, Wait, aren't you thinking Happy Anderson? Happy uh, Anderson. Yeah. 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 Brudos, right? Brudos. Nice Thank you. That's right. what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that that little back and forth where you can see Tench being able to speak to police officers and hold me able to speak to serial killers is just like exactly why they were meant to do that together. Mm-hmm. By the way, even the show itself is strange if you think about it. The whole, what again, is it 10 episodes or 9? Yeah, 10. 10. Basically, your guest stars, your stars are serial killers. Guys portraying famous serial killers. Oh, yeah. And yeah. acting out the whole thing. <laughs> Unspeakable <laughs> thing. And, and you can't take your eyes off them. It's this weird part of the human psyche that you're just like, you want to know what you can't understand. It's really. kind of like watching, um, did you guys ever watch Dexter? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I loved Dexter, and you get, you get probably like, one of the best openings to a show. Oh yeah, but you you watch it and you go, wait a minute, am I fucking rooting for the serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of are. I mean, there's that part of you, and of course, we're gonna put the spoiler at the beginning of this show. So sorry, guys. There's that part where you're rooting, you're kind of rooting for Ed Kemper and Holden's relationship until that very last scene there, right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's right, he's. A fucking serial killer. Yeah, like that's terrifying. Um, he and they, uh, they walk took that his line. mother's head against his right. His but uh, there's junk. a part of you that, f- as a viewer of this TV show, forgets that. And yeah. so, and when that last scene happens, I think it's ultimately more of a thriller because you're like, oh, that's right, I totally forgot. I totally yeah. forgot that he that could dangerous at any moment. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. 
And by the way, I just want to jump in and say full disclosure. It's funny when any, when anybody ever says that anything, a TV series, a, a movie is fantastic. People will come to it with the expectation that it's good. They don't know why it's good. And then they come and they watch it like, oh, this is boring or it's no good. <laughs> so I say this just as a disclaimer to anyone who hasn't seen it yet to say, you know, just, it's just really well done. It's yeah. well put together. But you've yeah. got like any show, you have to get invested. You have to put in the time. Engage. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and Pay attention. I just think it was so well done. A lot of people I level. see watch TV shows while they're texting. I go, you're not watching. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was, right. was, was going to say that point. Like, Ollie and I probably yeah. share the sentiment. We we could play some video games and then, like, all of a sudden watch something on the side. But a show like this, for me, is something that's like, oh, I give up. I can't. I have to pay attention. Every yeah. little I, I tried doing I cannot that. Turn, I tried I, getting work done yeah. at the same time. It's couldn't do it. It's something you actually like, have. And I think, too interesting. I think that's a great thing about, I'll, I'll go into a little bit about Fincher. Like, that's a great thing about his work is something that's, it's not something you could really look away because there are certain inserts that he'll put in there that you have to really pay attention to to get a little bit more. So, I mean, specifically, like, Show, don't tell. The Rock and the cheerleading outfit, like, during that one interrogation sequence, it's mm-hmm. like, you have to see, you know, the the Kuleshov effect, the cut versus, you know, re- reverse cut to back to, like, mm-hmm. the killer and see how they respond once it's revealed. Um, seeing that, it's, it, it's, it, it, Again, it's a show that just really just hijacks yeah. everything that you're doing and paying attention to. And, and which yeah, one of you guys said it that that not nothing in the show is extraneous. Everything is there for a reason, and it's just really well done. It's quality. Oh yeah, absolutely. Filmmaking. And that's that. Yeah, that's something that Fincher is really known for. Is there's no shot that's on accident. Wasted. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about that interrogation scene real quick, if you don't mind. Because I do mind. That was something. All right, we'll move on. Then. Uh, that was something that I had one of those moments where I paused it because I am someone. I I watched a lot of SVU. Like mm. Law and Order SVU was my jam for a while, and the tactics that Maloney they're using, now. the tactics that they're using in that that interrogation scene are things I've seen all the time on SVU. Because and I, they made them. Well, there was that moment <laughs> where I was like, "Why are they making such a big deal about it?" Oh, that's right. No one's done this. No one's this done yet. this before. Yeah. Um, and it worked, and it was fantastic. And that I had to like. Scene was just so well done. Oh yeah. And just the just the 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 sort of events of that scene leading to its conclusion, like it was just like. It, it, there was no, you didn't have a break from it. You know, yeah. it just went on until the resolution. Which one are we talking about? Which interrogation scene are we talking about? So it's the one with the, the, the guy from the power lines. The power lines. The electrician, the, yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, and, with the rock and everything. And I love when he, when he, when they're setting that thing up and he goes, no, no, fatter, fatter. I need the file folder to look fatter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. I don't even care if it has print on it. It could be blank papers. Put it in there. <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. I mean, that getting to see how that kind of, those tactics were kind of came to fruition now. Yeah. And um, I mean, just going off of that, like the, uh, the Adam other Zastro, by the way, is that guy's name? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, the other researcher, uh, the first, I guess, female lead they bring in. Uh, she questions everything they do. She's Wendy, like, the, yeah, these uh, Anna, Anna, Anna Torf. Yeah, she's like all these questions have to be like you know standard in general, and they have to you know they're all black and white questions, and they're really boring. And you see how like when they use that, they don't really get anything out of any, any of the, the people that they're talking to. Mm-hmm. But then when they start actually working, like going with the curve, going leaning into the person's personality, they start getting better questions or better answers out of these murders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it's I, it's it's also interesting to see um Holt's character Tench kind of evolve from being really against it, but then seeing the results and being like, oh shit. Okay. So I'm gonna let Ford do his thing. I can't say that stuff, but I'll let him say it. So it's, good. <laughs> it's cool because it doesn't feel like it's teaching you anything. But then at the same time you're also learning people like human psychology at that point it's all very strange isn't it? it's like there's that sort of like almost like a paternal thing between the two of them and then there's like the partners and they're Mm -hmm. kind of good cop bad cop in a weird way like in a lateral way 
And then even at the end, as you say, he warms up to it because he sees the results. But then again, without spoiling too much, at the end, he doesn't so much throw him under the bus, but he also like kind of pulls back and is like the I told you so stuff. It's, yeah. it's all really interesting. I got a kind of like seven feel Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman kind of like yeah. where they were a little bit distant. They had a mutual reason to work with each other. And then it wasn't until like they started coming upon like progress. Then they started actually having a relationship. Yeah. yeah. So I think Bill's character, like it was really interesting to see his reactions because he's he's a man of behavior science to begin with. So he's already kind of expecting a certain amount of this to be the case, you know, going with some expectations, but even seeing him have to struggle with like knowing that this is the way it, that we need to do it. But then yeah. also like having that internal conflict of like, why does it have to be this way? Like, Oh yeah. So Actually, that, I mean, there's no simple answers. It's not black and white, like some, you yeah. know, ad network TV shows that are just kind of really cut out cardboard, cut out ABC. And that's the end of the show. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just really interesting. And, and unlike a lot of, um, Shows are like, oh, we got another season? Well, let's make up a bunch of junk. Like, I feel like this will be a really interesting second season. It won't, I'm sure there's going to be new serial killers, but it'll also be the relationships. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just really interested to see it's, what happens. It's something that you can tell was very well thought out. It's not something that they're just like, oh, let's give it a shot and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. something that they've they've definitely planned for success, which is, which is, I think, what a lot of shows should do. Always plan for success. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, the life of the show is kind of interesting in terms of a production standpoint because I, I was reading that Fincher and um, Charlize Theron, they they pitched it to like HBO like 10 years ago or something like that. And it wasn't it wasn't picked up. It wasn't picked up. And like it's it, it's kind of almost makes sense that David Fincher directs the first two and the last two because mm -hmm. it's like this is mine. Yeah, yeah. mine. Oh, I mean, and you, I mean, you can tell too. I mean, there's the, the beautiful thing about, about his directing is, uh, his style is he's very much so handheld and uh, no handheld, very, everything's like mechanical, again, mechanical mm -hmm. where it should be all the time. And this show does it where you're, you're 10 hours, basically we call on sticks on tripods. And then at like the 10th hour is the only time there's a handheld shot in the entire show. It's and it's, I won't spoil what it is or what it does, but it is beautifully done. Yeah. Um, and it, it stuck out to me and affected me so much. I had to rewind it and watch it again. And I was like, holy shit, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about David Fincher specifically. Please. Um, I can talk about David Fincher all day, Tom. I mean, kind of like we're, we've been talking a little bit about the points, but it's kind of like how we get really uh, involved into it. And it's like weird that we're like kind of rooting for like serial killers and you're looking at these relationships and you're getting invested. And then you have to pull yourself out being like, Oh, wait, hold on. Dangers at every corner. And I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but David Fincher is like known to look at humanity in a certain way. And his kind of per his viewpoint on people is that people are perverts. Everyone's a pervert. <laughs> Everyone's a pervert. And it, it, the sad thing about it is that when he makes, you know, these pieces of art that show how much we can be in captivated by what he's doing, like Seven, Fight Club, all these mm -hmm. things that show humanity typically at its worst. Yeah. But yet we can't keep our eyes off it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just kind of proves his point. And it, it's in a weird sense where it's more of like we have to kind of like hold in. Like we kind of have to like wrangle ourselves to not get so like romanticized within it and realize like, mm, you know, as a, as a as a human, I must kind of like balance, you know, what what I'm actually like being involved in. But also like. Well, he challenges your yeah. moral is what yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's, especially yeah. with this. I was going to say, because it's, it's, 
that's what I like about shows and kind of what Holden's point was is that they're still people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are first inclination, like our gut feeling, they're like monsters. all the, they're monsters. They're just, they were born evil. That's just what they are. Mm-hmm. But Holden's kind of thing is like, no, that's not what they were. They, they kind of became that. It just kind of happened. Like people are, I mean, to use a, a shitty phrase, nurtured mm-hmm. or what is it? Conditioned. Conditioned. Conditioned or nurture. Yeah. Um, into being that yeah there's, know, there's that's the point of the show there's a pattern it, like yeah. at a certain point this you started thinking this way what happened before what made you start thinking this way yeah i yeah. love the idea that they took those two, you know psychology existed before and psychosis and all that stuff but they they brought those two things together and that this series explores how it happened like a perfect storm like they needed answers these guys at the elite police force federally speaking and mm-hmm. they put that together like I wasn't kidding when I said I'm a fan of like, you know, forensic files and all that. I just, I happen to be fascinated by it. And in high school, somebody had this book called Psychopathia Sexualis. It was written, I don't know if it was like 18 something or ni- early 1900s. Oh. You want to see some freaky shit. And that, <laughs> well, I'm saying that was the first documentation, I think the first, of someone putting together in the similar way, putting together like, yeah, this guy's got a fetish with shoes, this guy aprons. And, you know, they don't kill people. They just have these sexual activities. Right. But put them all together, but these guys like tied it to crime. It's it's yeah. really highly fascinating. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think I think it's clear that Fincher has this like fascination with like not even just like perverts or whatever, but like perversions. Mm-hmm. And you know, you see it in, in in a lot of his work, seven and things like that. But I think this is almost like the ultimate subject matter for that to kind of really dive in deep. And like I, I describe very few shows or very few movies as like movies or shows that you want to like snuggle in with and, and just kind of like sink in and enjoy. Not how I would describe Fincher. Yeah. <laughs> but like this, this almost felt that way. Cause it was, it was like, you know, just him Ford and Kemper just sitting in a room and, and, and talking about it and discovering yeah. words like him calling it a vocation, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. Like, I, like, just, like I just loved listening. Killing. Yeah. I was like, I could watch 10 hours of just them. Talking. Well, and I'm, I'm so happy we're in a time too, where, you know, this, isn't a movie where they have to condense everything into two hours where we're in what's, you know, the yeah. Renaissance of TV or television. Golden right now. age. Yeah. Where we can tell these they stories with out. people like David Fincher time. or like Holt or anything like that, who want to be a part of these because they get to explore these characters more and we get to see more of the minutia and little details of things. Yeah. Um, Although l- let me, let me interject for a second and say it is also overwhelming because there's so much television yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. interesting or possibly interesting. I, I get overwhelmed. Jesus, how many episodes? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. true, no, yeah. Good, like, I want to watch The Wire. My brother, my brother thinks ah. it's the best show ever. And I'm sure it is. I just, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I want to watch The Wire too, but every time I go and see all the seasons, I go, oh, maybe I'll do that later. <laughs> That's me and The Sopranos. I've yet to see it. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, yeah. The Sopranos, my oh. personal favorite series ever. Oh, yeah. now you got to it. I, no, it's, it, I was just thinking about that the other day. It's, uh, it's, um, yeah, but I guess what was it, I calling? It's like you have too many options nowadays. It's you, well, it's a double-sided coin. Really. Yeah, it's it a, is. It's like, like, oh, can, we digress, can we digress just for a split second? Absolutely. Do it. Do yourself a favor. Make The Sopranos a show you watch from beginning to end if and when you're ready and literally watch it in order and try to like do a cadence. In other words, like watch it regularly. Yeah. That show is about people. It happens to be about mobsters, but it's got nothing to do with mobsters in the sense that that's the yeah. backdrop. And the, the beauty of that show, talking about like flawed characters and people who justify things, but it's just about people and so their good. day-to-day yeah. struggles. It's freaking fascinating. David Chase, 
incredible. Oh, man. Truly, I, I don't know. So I, it sounds I, like we're going to have to have you back for a Sopranos episode. Oh, <laughs> that was my favorite series, maybe of all time. Uh, That's awesome. It's it's and I came super to good. it late. Oh yeah, me too. But I think Bonnie and I watched through the entire series a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. All right, Ali, we'll do it. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll hold each other accountable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll start watching it. Did, did we already do like a favorite part? I mean, do I don't think explicitly. Not I think explicitly. we said favorites ish, but then like by definition, what made the show like this is my favorite part of the show. Okay. Oh, okay. Do wow. Yeah, we could do that. I I think it'll yeah. be hard. I'll wanna... be perfectly honest, but who well, wants to start it? I want to say, I mean, it's just the one that I referenced, which is just him and Ed Camper, like anytime they were together, mm-hmm. like chatting, just him yeah. and Ford without, without, without Ted, but I have my favorite part. Of um, I think no specific part, but just that whole sequence of them, of them talking. I think it was, was the second episode or third episode? Yeah. 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 I just thought of one that I, I mean, yes, I agree. Like the, any scene with Ed Kemper, I love it. Like he was just amazing to watch. He was fascinating, but actually I, it just came to me when, when Bill is kind of having his breakdown at home, Cause oh, with the that's pictures. what I was gonna reference. You're welcome. Um, and he's he, like, Josh does this to me every time. <laughs> and he's just like, he's brought it home, and his wife is getting angry with him, and he's got a kid that has seen his work now, and now the I babysitter think, quit. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, and he's just kind of losing his shit, it's, and it, the, his wife. Oh man, it was so the good. acting it was in touching. that scene is that affected me for like three or four days. I talked to yeah. my wife about it. She's like, "You want to watch Mindhunter?" And I was like, "No, I need a day. Hold on, I need a day after that scene." <laughs> Um, I think this is a perfect segue for me to jump in and say that yeah. my favorite part without mincing words is because he's my buddy and, I, and I've been a big fan for so long and I know he's amazing, but I was like, dude, I don't know why you're not like a gigantic star, meaning you are. But Seriously. He, he is in my so, mind, but. Honestly, <laughs> man, that guy's so strong. As a human being, he's a really nice guy, but he's a really, really good actor. And I mean, I've always known that. So I was just so happy to see him get a truly meaty role and to just really do it justice, to kick ass. And then that's just the truth of what my favorite thing is. And the other thing is I liked watching, um, um, I'm drawing a blank, the other guy. Um, Ford? Yeah, Ford. Go through his change, you know, like sort of like really get into what he's doing. And in that scene where he like pauses, he doesn't pause the uh, the recorder, but he just basically says what's on his mind. Otherwise, he gets the result. Oh, he yeah. Says, yeah. Out of Richard Ford. Speck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just watching him do that and then watching him also almost like go a little too far, but not really. The, again, it's that gray thing that Fincher or the, the whole show kind of goes to but doesn't go to. I'm really fascinated by that. And I want to see that next season to see where that goes. Oh, yeah. You know, well, where, mm-hmm. I had talked to Tom about this. There's a, There's a scene that perfectly defines kind of like his descent. And it's during that that interaction with his girlfriend on the porch where he uh, di- instead of being emotional, he just dissects the this is actually yeah. my favorite situation. Part. Tom, then go ahead, take it away, Tom. So I mean, he approaches his girlfriend around the Y'all end of the series, where um, the girlfriend's kind of waiting for him, and then their relationship has becoming bigger has 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 had a bigger strain since you know that he started this venture with and he's Tench, traveling, and, um, and his girlfriend's now kind of like lying to him and doing all these other things, and they you could see that they're just kind of bothering each other. Um, but then, you know, she kind of says, like, what do you think I'm doing? He's like, you're probably breaking up with me. And he breaks down all the things, like, why he finds what it is. Because he profiles it. He profiles the situation. And I will say right now, my favorite part uh, is kind of just all of Holden's sequences. Because I love how kind of cold and and isolated he is from everything. But he still tries to hold on to his humanity with a bit of that curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still able to make logical decisions. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, I just love it when I just kind of see human specimens or people like at the best of their ability it just kind of really in- inspires me in a weird grumpy ice <laughs> yeah that, that was my favorite sequence 
Can, uh, I, can I just comment on that please. really quickly and say, by the way, you guys are going to have to do like a spoiler report. <laughs> oh, we, we guys, always we do. do. We do, yeah. <laughs> just say like, if you want to watch the show and you haven't seen it yet, maybe you don't want to listen to this. We, we put it in right at the beginning. <laughs> all the things you were saying though, when that character, first of all, wasn't that a bitch? Again, I don't want to spoil too much, but when he finds out that she is lying to him, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Isn't that a bitch? When it happens, like, oh shit, it's true. I was so, I was so <laughs> aghast. I was like, son of a bitch. Well, they wrote it in a way where you're thinking he's kind of just paranoid because of all the things he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But then you in that dark room, the light comes on, and you're like, oh shit, he was totally right. Yeah. And the reaction he has to that, which is similar to the reaction he has to the Kemper thing at the end, is him again. He's skirting it. He's so logically, so sort of like dis- detached and distanced. Yeah. But then when it comes over here, it's it's really a fascinating character, man. Oh, it's it's the the descent is great. Um, well, since Josh took my favorite part and Tom <laughs> took my other favorite part, uh, I guess I would have to. I mean, the Richard Speck scene, like you said, where he leans in, he just kind of goes with the flow, leans in, gets the reaction out of of Richard Speck to get him to pay attention and listen. Uh, that part really caught me. Like I got really excited for him, and then kind of the backlash afterwards was was awful. But um, I guess now that I gotta be on gotta pivot all of a sudden, um, I would have to say that my favorite one is probably. I think there's this part with Holden and his girlfriend in, in the grocery store, and it's kind of mm. the first time you see he's kind of kind of getting full of himself as yeah. well. And he's talking mm-hmm. about how that interview with the electrician went and how he's like, and then I pulled the rock off uh, and he saw it and he freaked out, da, 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 and he's kind of bragging to her. And she's like, well, don't you think A, B, and C? And he, she's like, he gets mad at her for not really supporting him and kind of questioning where in the mm-hmm. beginning of the show, when she would question, he loved questioning things and she, they would get in these like con- philosophical conversations. But now it's this, she questions him. He gets pissed and she says, well, what do you want me to do? Just say nothing and shut up and be a good girlfriend? And he's like, couldn't hurt to try. And that's the (laughs) moment you know you're like, oh, no. Like, he's totally lost himself because he's just dedicated to this stuff. And so I think that was really— And it's all shot from down below, too. In the the shopping cart. Yeah, it's all shot from down below. So you really get this, like, menacing look at the two of them. And I just—yeah, I really—Fincher, to me— is, is a master of showing you exactly what you should. And my example of this is in the first episode when you go to her apartment for the first time. You don't get a wide or a pan. You get this shot from the corner of the ceiling yeah. where you can see like laundry on the floor, a few rugs. And Fincher said in an interview, he's like, if you want to know about someone, look at their floors. And so then there you go. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess off, uh, off my pivot, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. That fucking kid doing like in the thing with the with the electrical wire working guy when he you know does do oh. that in the thing with spec when he like leans in and starts saying the shit you know knowing that that's going to get the reaction mm-hmm. i love seeing him use the things he's learned and just going out on the limb even though he's going to be judged and and him almost becoming sick because of it it's it's yeah. really fascinating well yeah, yeah there's that whole you know he at the, in the moment he doesn't think it's a bad thing and there's that scene between him and tench on the plane where mm-hmm. he's like you probably want to redact that and he's like why I don't, I'm not ashamed exactly, of anything no I said. Idea. And then he finally gets back and he's like, probably take that out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just that like where, I guess he's he's kind of like in his mind. He's like, well, if I got the results, what what's the matter of the means? Like, By the way, the, the best example of that, and it's subtle, it's more subtle than these ones, although it's bigger than these ones, mm-hmm. when he brings the fucking shoes. He gets like oh, yeah. 12 shoes and he brings them. And he's almost like embarrassed about like, uh, here's the shoes. It's almost like throwing something to a pig. Like, go ahead, eat it. Well, the beautiful parallel that I noticed the, the second time I watched through it is he takes his jacket off the shoes and the killer sees it. And then three episodes later, when he reveals the rock, he pulls the jacket off the rock the exact same way. 
Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And so he's just like, I'm going to use that move again. Here we by go. The way, by the way, the filmmakers, when what's his name with the shoes, goes through the whole scene. And at the end, he's very matter of fact, like, hang on a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. I got to do so this sick. thing real quick. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and you find yourself so disgusted, but at the same time, it's almost less disgusting. He's like, oh, okay. He's going to go do what we knew he was going to do anyway. Yep. But he's going to do it right there in the room. That's fucking weird. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it got me. It's yeah. so fucking weird because you're like, you're really disgusted. But at the same time, it's almost like, Lightened, but then it's even worse. Like, what am I? What the that's fuck the am dark I comedy like, bit of it. Room. It's just like it's fucked up, but you can't help but laugh because it's yeah. so like at least ridiculous. he turned his back. Yeah, he turned <laughs> his back <laughs> and he said, Excuse me. <laughs> that was another fascinating but That is the scene. brilliance. Yeah, that is the, the brilliance, right? Like, yeah, that, that's the hypothetical conversation that they were having before that part. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, that yeah. was also fascinating to listen through. It's a good, good show. And all the guys are different. Like that guy, like, no, I didn't do a thing. Like, we saw you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they show the pictures and everything, and they still have to play to that, like, well, what do you think the killer felt at that time? And it's, (laughs) it's. But even that, it's all brilliant, man. It's all very brilliant. Oh, man. I can't wait for season two. I cannot wait. I was reading something. Oh, see, are we going to talk about this? No, yeah, when when Tom gets back. When Tom gets back. When he gets back from his room. See, okay. like a show like Narcos. I really enjoyed Narcos oh my the gosh, first season. Yeah. But then it came back to the I was like, wait a fucking second. We're going to keep going? Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. now what? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I watched uh, Narcos, and then it was a great season one. And season two is okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's fine. Where are we on that one? Is it season three now? Because, I mean, yeah. honestly, I didn't watch season two because I was like, wait, that's a lot. Yeah, I believe, um, yeah, it was season two, and then season three will be coming Coming but, soon, I guess. By the way, sidebar, there's a show that was really good. Like, I really enjoyed season one. It was well done. But if you look at that show as an example and compare it, the way it's shot, I don't know if it's a budget thing, just a taste thing, the way it's shot, the way it's acted, and the acting is perfectly great. Somehow pales compared to the show's, like, cinematic. It's, it's shot a certain way. Yeah. It's acted the, the true, like, a higher level of not just the acting, but what's chosen to be shown, how it's shown. Yeah. Like, the other one looks more like a kind of a network show that's much better than a network show. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's a budget thing or what the hell it is, but yeah, maybe partially, um, yeah, yeah. Hiring a better DP. Well, I mean, it's both Netflix, yeah, and I mean, well, you got Fincher, Fincher's particular. Yeah, Fincher's, he's known for doing like yeah. twenty takes of something, and I mean, that's probably why he keeps using Holt. I mean, he's in, Holt's in a lot of Fincher stuff, and I think he just gets his style. You yeah, know, those little movements being super rehearsed. All that I kind of he, stuff. He yeah. didn't write it for him, but he called him. I think I don't want to talk out of school. I meaning I'm not sure, but I think he he like literally just kind of. It was his. It wasn't, you know, oh, sure yeah. to meet with him. But. Oh, he deserves it, man. Like I said, I'm like we're all huge fans of his here. So when you said you knew him, I I freaked out in my corner over here. <laughs> but it's a funny thing because even as a guy in real life, he's like this, kind of like a brawny, sweet guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't think he's, you know, he's a really good guy, but he's also like a guy's guy, like in a bar, like you know, but his face, he just might knock you out, like, he's, <laughs> you know, not for no reason. If you got to come, and he'll, he'll let you know. You know, he's a pretty, he's a he's a guy's guy, man. He's pretty, yeah. I like that. A guy's guy. Favorite character slash killer? Oh, yeah. Let's do favorite, char- favorite character. Do we want to do qualms or after that? Are there qualms? Do we have qualms? I'll be honest. I don't I have, have a qualm. Oh, oh, there we go. Qualm. Cool. So let's we'll do Let's get into, uh, let's get into qualmy qualms. Uh, Reno, you want to lead us off with this? Well, sure. I mean, you know, I keep on harping about Holt because he's a buddy and, and I really do love his work. And but. we're talking about qualms. <laughs> what's that? What's that? Like, but I hate him. But. <laughs> no, no. The thing is, his character and he plays it. To a T, but his character to me was not at all one-dimensional. It was very multifaceted and mm-hmm. he played it well. But I wish they'd give, you know, him a little more away from the whole like, don't do that. That's that's gonna get you in trouble. You know, and they they started it. They have this thing with his wife, with the kid, and then you know, at the end he's kind of warming up, but then he kind of goes sideways on him. I just 
you know, I want to see what happens next season. It's not so much a qualm as much as it is like a hope. Yeah, like I, I he was playing his role, but I wanted his role to be just a little, you know, more on the other side of the balance of like him being just you know, that moral compass, we can't do that. I think I, I agree with you on that. My wife had talked about that because when when they are working together, like when he does give in and they do that interrogation with the uh, with the electrician and he's telling the cops, like, let, let Ford do his thing. He's really good at it. It feels really good yeah. to have that partnership, to have him in on it and having his back and, like, being a part of it and being yeah. excited. Um, One of my favorite scenes is when he says to the kid about, you know, if I could get some, you know, whatever it was, Pepsi or Orange Crush, he says, listen, fuckhead. And he just, yeah. like, basically <laughs> said, it's not how it's going to go. It's a perfect go delivery. Yourself. And, it, and it backfires. But I love that, that he, you know, that's what I mean. Like, his true character comes out, like, look, not just, like, I don't like this talking to bad guys. It's like, yeah. no, listen, fuckface. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, like, talk the, to the, the tough the cop. Yeah. I think you are, which I like that. You know? I think that might be mine, too, actually. <laughs> more, more, more for him to be, to play with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he so. did. It's just that I wish they'd give him a little more of that in the writing. And I think they are, and they're going to. So oh, I'm yeah. Well, they're going to explore the whole thing with his kid next season, too, I'm sure, and, and all that. Yeah, they've kind of like, uh, it was it was the putting the toe in the water kind of. We're, we're developing the characters. We're getting to see what makes them tick. Kind of uh, kind of scraping away their, sh- their shells mm-hmm. a little bit more. And so now in season two, I think we will get a little bit of an exploration. I, I just remembered uh, another favorite part of mine after the car accident. When they're in the the uh, so someone sideswipes him. And oh yeah. Bill oh, Tench yeah. is like, I didn't see it coming. I can't protect you. I didn't. I you know. It, we talked to serial killers all day, and all I did was yeah. roll through a stop sign, and that could have been the end of it all. Like mm. that scene was really great. Like more yeah. of that. I want more of that. By the way, to me, what I love most about that scene is it all happens. He gets out because what the fuck? Yeah, he gets <laughs> out and starts yelling at him and flashes his badge. Yeah, immediately. that was my favorite because because it's basically an imperfect person. It was kind of your fault. Yeah, <laughs> you get in the guy's face yeah. like. Um. Qualms. Call me qualms. The only one that I can think of, and it's very minor, because um, the the actress that played his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, can't, I, I don't have her name in front of me, but uh, her name was Hannah Gross. Hannah Gross. She she's great. I like her. She's a anything lot. but gross. She's anything but gross. Exactly. <laughs> but there was a couple, and I've seen this. It got a little social networking in some of the dialogue, and that it, like I didn't. It, it didn't brought you it, out of it a little bit. A little bit, like it was a little yeah. too like their first club scene together. Yeah, it was a little too like. They're talking like over you're, each you're, other. You're talking a little talking too fancy. Yeah. Like, There's a little I, too I Gilmore Girls. It, exactly. It wasn't super. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Ex- perfect uh, description. And scene. <laughs> but it was, I was like, okay, you, I don't believe that you would use that choice of words every time. Or like when she said, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Oh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not. You're but not sorry at all. That was my only thing. And, and it was just really very minor because they have very, you know, very relatively few scenes together in the same kind of space or whatever. But That's what I was going to bring up. I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Uh, just because I'm an audio engineer. Um, there is a scene in the club when they're talking and what I fucking loved what they did is what they didn't do. They didn't bring down the sound of, of the music. Of the music. <laughs> they did that a lot. The, yeah, yeah. It was real. And that's what I liked about it. Because when you're mixing like a film or a show or like I do promo, when you're mixing that stuff, it's always like, oh, we need to hear the dialogue. And it was real because they're having to shout over it. There's some having... scenes in some diners where there's really loud clanging of dishes and dishware. Yeah. It yeah. was real. And they that's what I loved about it. in some parts of it. Yeah. 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 Specifically in that beginning part. Yeah. Yeah, so sorry. I just totally when you guys mentioned the club, I was like, I mean, that's I remember of a pausing, column, but yeah, <laughs> I remember pausing it, going, oh yeah, like it was just I dig shit like I'm that. I'm with you on that one. And by the way, 
one more quasi qualm meaning it's not a qualm it's actually a good thing but it puzzles me the other the woman the the psychologist who works with them what's with the oh cat? yeah wendy oh, oh yeah okay so yeah. so like Tom and I have some theories. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a theory. I know what happens. Oh, oh, oh. But, I okay. mean, the theories are way better than actually you what heard, happens. I, I told you my theory, right? What's your theory? So, uh, the theory that I had come up with before, I remember now you told me exactly what happened. Uh, I had come up with in my own head is that um, the same episode that we're seeing uh, her feed the cat and eventually what happens is the cat doesn't come get the food and the ants are devouring the food and all that kind of stuff is the same episode where... Right, she develops this relationship with the cat the same way Holden develops these relationships with like Ed Kemper and Brutos and stuff like that, and it's this this really kind of intimate thing like she has with feeding this cat. And suddenly, I ha- I give you the social interaction, which is the the cat food, right? And or like I give you the shoes. You are the cat, right. which is a right. predator. But now it gets out because Holden accidentally talks to someone about it, and suddenly the ants are all over it. So if you think about the food as being their uh, scientific work. The answer, the news reporters, and everyone's getting a hold of it. And the suddenly, symbology. the cat's gone, and now Edward Kemper or Edmund Kemper, I mean, is is trying to kind of turn the tables again as well. So that's or how I saw like, it. I think it was also playing into the eventuality of kind of what they were doing, and like at some point, it's going to get nasty. Pe- people are going to find out about it. It's going to get out. Yep. And that's kind of like, yeah, the cat's getting the exclusive tuna for now. <laughs> Eventually, there's going to be other animals, things like that. And, yeah. and it's going to be swarming. So it's a sexual thing, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's because it's the show, man. With the know. with the wine right there, waiting for a second, then all of a sudden she leaves and, and turn off the light. She's alone. She's lonely. Yeah. Alone, yeah. cat, and it licks up the um, weird. <laughs> it's conditioning. Well, it's like the same episode that. Can we, we redact my comments? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's what's the same conditioning? Increase like the, the show volume, conditions the you to think <laughs> think perverse because. Where in this episode where a guy is obsessed with feet and shoes is the same episode they're accusing a teacher of being obsessed with feet. So, like, even if maybe he didn't do and anything— And then Holden can't get it up because con- he sees— We're conditioned to think that he did because of the context of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, Tom, tell us exactly what happens with the cat. So, I'll just say this right now. This show has—I haven't done, an, like, as much research on a show ever since I watched this one. Like, where I'm like— what I, I literally look at Mindhunter season finale, Mindhunter episode this, Mindhunter yeah. like what do these things mean? Because you know when you first time you watch it, you get the narrative, and the second time you can actually start d- dissecting and analyzing the things I love, uh, which are anal eyeballs. Um, yeah. But um, the actress that portrays that character, uh, she went up and asked David Fincher like, "What is this?" Like, and she came up, she had her own theory, and hers was very similar. Was that it, it was it was purely symbolic. It was purely in the sense of like, you know, this, you know, the 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 murders are the predators and the predator is a cat. Kind of like and what the, I was Yeah. And and she at. is the the psychologist and the the tuna is social interaction or knowledge or whatever. And, and there's a, a shared mutual respect. And then it's somehow someone was gonna get nasty and and bastardized and things like that. Yeah. And yep. in that episode, or later on, we kind of find out like Holden is at a school, and he's talking about uh, deviant behavior. And he says that there's telltales of children growing up and having deviant behavior, like first torturing uh, little animals, then moving on to bigger things and stuff like that. And that's literally the only tie-in clue to this, where she has been feeding a cat, and then out of nowhere, the cat's gone. And so what David Fincher says, like, oh, it's nothing like what you think. It's not all that symbolic stuff. It's literally that... Now that she's part of this investigation team, uh, knowing that children you know, grow this deviant behavior as, by, hurting age, animal, yeah. by hurting animals, 
it's it's kind of connected that include in, ex, implicitly that in her so, building, yeah, in her building that there's a kid who killed that cat, and so there is a murderer mm. growing in that building, and that's that's wow. literally what it is. Okay, and to me, I've, it was funny because like Corey and I were talking about this and we were theorizing. It sounds really cool. It sounds very like thought out. And then Fincher was like, no, there's just a murderer. There's just there's a, kid a, there's a kid becoming a murderer in this building. <laughs> yeah, yeah then, totally. It, but I, then think, dropping... I think in season two, the cat's a murderer. <laughs> they interview That's a cat. Me. We've got some great mouse detective. He yeah. pulls, he pulls his jacket why. off the tuna like he did the shoes. Yeah. Um, there you go. That's a perfect segue into season two, the there cat murderer, right? No. But I think just analyzing that scene, kind of, if you once you have those pieces together and you watch it and you're like, oh, there's a murder, there's a kid becoming a murderer in that building. That freaks you out that this you know woman who's actually investigating this stuff and getting a science to deviant perversion and you know all these criminal psychology drops the food and just explodes out and ants crawl everywhere. It gives you this like tingling feeling of like oh there's something I cannot control. There's a there's a nastiness in the world that yeah. I cannot control. That's and living. Minute, even if it's a red herring, it is an intriguing little like sidebar thing. But what? Wait, sorry to interrupt you, but not one of us mentioned. The creepy Unabomber guy in every episode. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The ADT guy. The, so there's a lot of talks doing uh, on, on forums and such that he is what's known as the BTK yeah. uh, killer. Oh, that guy, right? Blind torture kill. Yeah. Blind torture kill. Yeah. But by the way, that guy's a creepy shit, shit actor too. He's he's awesome. Oh, Just man. Like, yeah. Lady Nailed it. Back door, like, uh, yeah. And so uh, I... I, I I was so intrigued by all of that, and I, I can't wait for. I it. was I, if there was a qualm to have. I mean, and this is a dumb one because I just I, I want to feed the little child who wants the lollipop now, and I'm just like I wanted him to do something. I wanted to see him. Well, he started become to something. right. He it, broke it, into a house and then couldn't do it. Yeah, well, cleaned the dish and left. Yeah, actually, I I want to no. I want to tell that story because I know what that is. Okay. So what actually happened? Oh, is, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. So he oh, went shit. there. And he went to that house, and he was totally ready to kill this person. Yeah. But that night, they did something that they don't usually do. They did something spontaneous, because he, because he's a security person, he was able to tell people's yeah he knew when they were going to be home and all that kind of stuff. Didn't come she home. didn't show up when she usually did, and he got pissed. And oh so wow! He it didn't come under his schedule. He was actually, I mean, serial killers tend to be. Meticulous. Meticulous. And so it didn't happen as he planned it. And so he left. And later on, what I heard, what I read was he wrote her a, he sent her a poem Whoa. that was like, why didn't you show up or something like that? It was just all sorts oh, of shit. crazy, creepy shit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, it wasn't that him like being like, he out, couldn't dude. do it. It was that, <laughs> well, shit. So that I little fit he had was like I'm writing you a poem right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It's a happy poem. <laughs> Aren't they all? I mean, that's a pretty good, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that season two is going to be about BTK. Yeah, well, the confusing part is he wasn't caught till 2005. 2005. Well, yeah. I mean, without super spoilers and stuff like that, I mean, we're left with the entire team at Disarray. Yeah. And then the BTK yeah. guy is now... Actually, isn't BTK the guy who went on, like, years he'd go dormant, and then he came back, and he finally almost yeah. took yeah. himself in because he was tired of not getting caught? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was, like, a one of the... Like, I was reading he was a stand-up guy. Like, he was a leader in his church. He was... Weren't they always, though? Yeah, I They know. were like, I knew it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. He, that, uh, the guy that you think you knew it is just the guy who's so putting salt on your uh, sidewalks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They well, call me I mean, sweet baby that's Josh. That's what Ed Kemper says, right? He goes, you never want to ask too much. You never want to seem interested because that's a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, favorite character? Holden. Holden. Uh, Tench. Tench. For sure. Favorite character? I the think cat. Holden. The cat. <laughs> the cat. Good one. 
Get <laughs> I want Holden. Yeah, his head got blown off in episode one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy. He was good too, by the way. That guy was. He good. was great. Yeah, he was great. All the like the side like guest guest people. They the guest just, cop was really good in yeah. that in the two episodes. Yeah, he was good. Um, I like the principal. Yeah, yeah. Really? I thought he was good. I think Ed Kemper. Nobody was, was probably, bad. Nobody, nobody, no. bad, except for that one guy's wife who was a little over the top. Even she was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, um, man. I feel, I feel complete. Do we feel complete? I feel complete. I think this yeah. is awesome. Complete me, Reno. Thank you for for nerding out with us yeah. in the mind. Yeah. Hunter, man. Did you have? Thank you guys. This was fun. Yeah. Did you um? Did you have anything that you want our audience to go to, like social media wise or anything projects wise or any plug plug you plug? Know, I'm not really good at social media, so if you guys want to help me get better, I, I think I'm at Reno Romano VO for Instagram, but I, you know, I got to get better about posting, but that is my little handle. So at All Reno right. Romano VO okay. for voiceover. Okay. Well, you at least have yeah. four new followers here. Yep. Thank yeah. you, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Everybody at home, uh, to follow the show, all of our information is at nerdonthepodcast.com. Mm -hmm. All of our social information, the social medias, as I like to call them. Um, a big new thing that uh, we're very excited about is our Patreon page. Um, been very active, uh, already reaching our goals, which is awesome. Being able to yes. get paid to do this show, which is Fan freaking tastic! We love doing this and show. Thank you to anybody yeah. who supports us there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I feel good. We yeah. hope you had fun. We yeah. did. We had a great time. Thank I you so fun. much. Thank you for having me, guys. I really yeah, thanks again to Reno for, for joining us. This was yeah, seriously, really, really thank cool. You for, I got to nerd yeah, out childhood. quite a bit. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the childhood. I appreciate it. Um, thank you, everybody man. at home. Again, thank you for listening. As always, nerd, nerd on. on. Indie Broadcast.